Kentucky. Greetings and welcome to another release of The Barrel Report. The podcast designed to get you behind the barrel, taking you behind the scenes of your favorite brands, uh, trying to get you the latest news on your favorite Kentucky bourbons. And I'm your host, Adam Johnson. I work for the Kentucky Bourbon Trail. Uh, hard to argue, uh, in my mind, probably one of the best jobs in the Commonwealth. And part of that job is taking you to our member distilleries uh, out on the Kentucky Bourbon Trail. So today we're going back uh, to our visit with Denny Potter of Heaven Hill. And we conducted this back in Bardstown in September during the Kentucky Bourbon Festival. And as always on these things, you're going to hear some interesting background noise uh, based on where we recorded, which was pretty special. But we hope you enjoy the uh, acoustic ambiance and we think it'll spice up your listening a little bit. Also, we thought we should drop this podcast today as Heaven Hill Bourbon Heritage Center is currently hosting a long line of people queuing up for the latest release, the Heaven Hill Select Stock 20th Anniversary Fire Edition. Uh, This 20-year-old bottling commemorates the perseverance of Heaven Hill after the November 7th, 1996 fire that destroyed this distillery. I think uh, seven warehouses and over 90,000 barrels of aging bourbon. I was talking to Jeff Crow down there and some of the folks in Barstown, and they're seeing a huge turnout. A lot of people were braving those cold temperatures this morning, uh, waiting in line to try to get one of those releases. And much like this release, Denny will touch on another big release they had back in September, the newest Parker's Heritage. Uh, So stay tuned for that. Uh, Some other quick industry news of note. Uh, Jim Beam had a big event for their newest mega rickhouse that just finished up construction at their Frankfurt facility. We got to attend that event, and that thing is a monster. We posted some photos on Twitter and our Facebook page, so check those out. Also in Jim Beam news, i got to give a big congratulations to Jerry Summers of Beam uh, for his big award. He won the KTIA, which is our Tourism Industry Association. He won the Manjinokan Award, which is really the highest honor they give. And it really was honoring his lifetime of achievement and support of the Kentucky tourism industry. So to Jerry, you know, big shout out, cheers. Uh, you've done a lot for our our industry. Also want to give um, a quick tip of the cap to Wilderness Trail down in Danville with the big uh, CAM award uh, that they won for Small Manufacturer of the Year. Also got a couple openings of note. I know this past Saturday, Boone County had their big opening party and uh, if you check our Facebook page as well as Angels Envy, they've got their big opening uh, coming up very soon. So check out uh, online for the details of that. But that's going to be in a matter of weeks. I know the crew there is working really hard and getting open. Uh, so stay tuned for, I'm sure, which will be a big push there in downtown Louisville. Uh, also, just want to mention one of the, the few things we got to taste recently this weekend that's coming to the market near you soon. Got to talk to Chris Morris of Woodford Reserve and Brown Foreman, and they've got their new Brandy Cask finish coming out of their Masters Collection. This stuff is really good. Uh, it is an easy drinking, uh, very, um, it is easy drinking, but it's still complex at the same time with a, a lot of different notes going on. And I'm sure you'll be hearing a lot about that uh, in the coming days as that starts uh, see, hitting the shelves. Uh, all across the country so uh, definitely worth picking up tasting let me know what you guys think but uh, I think that brandy finish uh, in my mind is really one of the standouts of that whole series so I'll look for that soon but now we get into our interview uh, with Denny again apologize for our my audio engineering which is not the greatest but I think you guys will enjoy uh, the ambiance 
So on with the interview. All right, welcome back, everybody. This is a first. I am recording this in a Rick house. So I'm kind of geeking out a little bit. I'm here at Heaven Hill. I'm with Danny Potter, Master Distiller for Heaven Hill Brands. Is that good yeah. to say? Yeah, that's that? one that of them. Yeah, it? that covers it. Okay, so I want you to introduce yourself, let people know who you are, uh, give us a little history on how you got started here at Heaven Hill. Okay. Um, as Adam said, uh, Denny Potter, I'm a Master Distiller for Heaven Hill. I've uh, been with Heaven Hill for a little over three years now. Um, have been in the industry, it's going on 19 years in January. Um, Spent quite a few years within the Beam organization, various plants within that. Uh, that includes Beam, Maker's Mark, was at Cruise and Rum, uh, ran a rum distillery for uh, two and a half to three years down in the Virgin Islands, and, uh, and then came on board here back in two th- 2013. And my primary responsibility is I'm the plant manager for the Bernheim operation. So I oversee all the distillery. Uh, we run 24 um, 7. I'm responsible for uh, a lot of the warehousing, the other things that go on. So I kind of have an operations title as distillery plant manager, but also have a marketing title, which is the master distiller side. And you know that the master distiller title does have roots in operations, obviously. I mean, we're responsible for making sure that we're consistent, making sure that we're doing the right things every single day, and that the people that are you know inside the distilleries running these jobs have what they need to do their job. Um, but at the same time, the title is all about you know, brand education and, you know, talking about what we do, how we do it, because people are genuinely interested in it. So, you know, I've just been very lucky, you know, that was um, a, a title that, that, that I acquired after I started here, and it was just an honor, you know, to be given that responsibility, and it's it's a lot of fun. Well, speaking of education, and I guess we're on the third floor of what, Warehouse? We're in Warehouse Y. Warehouse yeah. Y. So, uh, I think there's actually a tour going on just beneath us. I can't, or those are just the, the spirits. <laughs> I, I, I think I can pick up a little bit of it, but uh, you know, education is a big part of what goes on here with these tours. Um, so, if someone were to visit Heaven Hill, give them some advice on uh, what's the best way to visit you. What's a good time of year, maybe? Right. Uh, what can they expect to see? Yeah, I mean, um, there's no bad time of year. Uh, obviously, I think you know the spring and the fall are, are the best times to just be in Kentucky in general. Um, but, you know, I think we're, we're pretty unique within Heaven Hill because we have, you know, the visitor's experience, which is in Bardstown. And, um, you know, in Nelson County is where we do the bulk of our maturation. It's where we do the majority of our, all of our bottling, our processing, everything like that. So it's a very unique operation. And, and the visitor center we have set up in Bardstown is, you know, just inside the building itself. There's a lot of history, a lot of history about Heaven Hill, a lot of history about the industry. And it's just a unique experience just being inside the building. But they also offer tours where, you know, they can take you out into the warehouse, you know, just like the one right now, Warehouse Y. Uh, you can go through the bottling operation. Um, we have different tastings that are available. So it's, it's, it's tailored to meet a bunch of different expectations. So it's really just show up, have something in mind and what you want to do. And if you don't, we'll kind of guide you in the right direction. But there's multiple things that you can do. And then on top of it, what's really cool is we also have the Evan Williams Bourbon Experience, which is located in downtown Louisville. So if you're into more of that urban experience, then that is a phenomenal place that we opened up. Uh, it'll be three years, I believe, in November. That's got a micro distillery, a bunch of history about Evan Williams, a bunch of history about the city of Louisville, and it is very unique. And so, you know, between the two, you get two completely different experiences, but it's still all about Heaven Hill and what we do within the company. All right, so tell us a little bit about this Parker's release. Yeah, so it's the it's the the tenth release of the Parker's Heritage Edition, and I tell you, it's um. 
it's it's a it's a hard thing to live up to. You know, we've had some phenomenal releases, and every year you you know you try to do something different. And I, I couldn't tell you what what year is better than what. I think that's really up to the indiv- individual because we've done so many different releases. But but this year's is really something else, and the fact that it's a it's a 24 year old bottled in bond. So it's a product that you know Parker and Craig made before the fire. Um, has aged in these warehouses for multiple years, and then not only that, but taking on that moniker and that badge of bottled and bond, which you know, which is really cool. It's gained a lot of popularity. You know, mm-hmm. being a bottled and bond product, it's something that I think Heaven Hill has driven that it was popularity. Bernie it's Bernie. <laughs> it's Bernie lovers. Out. I mean, there's no <laughs> yeah. doubt about it. And uh, you know, obviously, it's a tribute to him as well. Um, but I, I just think it's a very special release, and I think people are—it's going to be very well received. People are going to love it, and I'm already freaking out about what, we, what we're going to have to do next year because, you know, how do you top a 24-year-old bottle? Yeah. So bottle? how many people have called you for a bottle already? Uh, it's daily. Because I just got your cell phone number, so yeah. I'm like, I don't have to text. <laughs> yeah, and that's so. fine. I mean, you know, it's—it's it's one thing. Uh, it, it's hard enough just to try to secure a bottle for people to buy. But I think some of the people that call, they're, I think they're going to get that bottle for free, and that's, that's not an easy thing yeah. to pull off. <laughs> I thought I heard somebody say even Max wasn't getting a bottle. Yeah, right? I can tell I you. Saying, I, Max hey, isn't getting a bottle. This is getting Max out doesn't get one. I have samples, <laughs> but I don't have a bottle. So, uh, But I'll change that. I mean, yeah. I'll, um, makes a great gift. It absolutely makes a great so gift. So tell us about the, um, the flavor po- profile of it. Is it just, is, I mean, you think 24 years in the barrel, immediately you're going to think, oh, it's just this oak bomb but so tell us a well i mean about. you know the, the reality is is we did um pull from various barrels it's not like we have a ton of 24 year old but there was some that uh really just didn't meet the expectation that we felt for you know a parker's release but this product for a 24 year old is obviously a lot of spiciness the caramel and vanilla but what you don't get in this is sometimes if it ages too long um, you can pull too much tannins out mm-hmm. of the oak, and it can take on a bit of a bitterness. Uh, you don't get that with this. This has a lot of character, a lot of flavor, a lot of pop to it. At 100 proof, it's perfect on the rocks. You know, I, I doubt too many people are going to make a cocktail with this, but uh, just being a bottled in bond, it would make a good cocktail. I don't recommend that. Um, <laughs> but it's just, uh, it's very good. I mean, I, you know, I'm not a big fan of really, really old bourbon because a lot of times it, it doesn't meet that expectation just because it's, I mean, who knows? There's a lot that can happen over 24 years. I do feel like you guys have a deft hand on, on aging longer than your typical well, bourbons. I mean, I don't know if you're if you're going to lower floors with some of this stuff, but I just feel like you guys have a, a knack for that. Well, it's something that we've kind of always done it. Um, you know, look at Elijah Craig. I mean, Elijah Craig, you know, for the longest time, you know, it's been around for 30 years, was had a, a dead set age statement of 12 years old. And, you know, we're considered a small batch now, which is still really good because the age is still close to 12 years old. But we've always really focused on some of these older whiskeys because I think the distillers, whether it was Parker or Craig or Earl, you know, they it was about quality. And, you know, they, they've always felt like, and a lot of us have always felt like, you know, let's get in that, you know, six, eight, 12, year old range and but at the same time because we've been around for 80 years and been making whiskey all that time and today we have 52 warehouses with 1.2 million barrels aging that we we have that luxury of holding some barrels and and if it's 24 years old i can tell you it's not from the top it's going to be from the middle to the lower Mm -hmm. floors otherwise it's all going to evaporate and you're going to lose it to angel share but because we have you know just the bulk of the warehousing and so many barrels aging that we can set aside some it's it's hard it's not easy but at the same time it has been a focus whether it's 
you know, this Parker's release, but we've got the Elijah Craig 18. Uh, we have an Elijah Craig 23 that we try to release every year. And, um, you know, I don't know anybody that's really doing a bunch of that, but there are some of us that, that that's still a focus, and that'll always be a focus for Heaven Hill. Well, I know, was it uh, two years ago for the Bourbon Affair, you let people see those aging characteristics and differences with each floor. Yeah. Uh, or I guess you guys went, what, bottom, middle, yeah, top? we did bottom, middle, And what are top. we on the third floor? We're on the third. I mean, it's definitely hotter than the first yeah. floor, so I can't imagine what it's like right above us. Yeah, th this was actually one of the floors. We, I think we did do the third floor. I think okay. we did first, third, and seventh, I think is what we did. Um, me being the younger guy, uh, we had Craig and Charlie. Seven. Yeah, I drew the short straw, although I wasn't around when they drew the straw. So I think I was just Figured. handed the short straw. So I was up on the seventh floor in June. Um, but, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, you can tell, you know, when we first walked in this warehouse on the first yeah, it floor, it's very comfortable. Yeah, it's very nice. Um, it's a little – it's usually cooler than ambient. But as you come up one or two floors, right now it's it's hotter than ambient. And if we were to go up, you know, I think right now it's probably 83, 84 degrees outside. Um, the top floor is probably – it's a little later in the day, so it's probably a hundred, you know, hundred and five, something like that. But I can tell you, in the hot, hot, hot summer months, it can definitely get up to one ten and higher. I mean, yeah. it gets really, really hot. So, how does temperature affect you guys, you know, at that Bernheim facility? I mean, are you still one of those guys that you're checking the weather app, seeing, hey, what's it going to be like today? Or you guys kind of got things automated to a degree where you're not affected by the weather as much as, say, you know, our our distilling ancestors or maybe yeah no it's it, you're absolutely right i mean it's um uh, obviously th there are things mechanically that we can do now to help control temperature because what you're really concerned with on temperature is the water supply the influent water coming in whether it's going in mashing or but really on the cooling side mm -hmm. you know you got to use something to um, recondense that vaporized alcohol back into liquid form and if you're just using lake water or surface water this time of year it's, it's very difficult. You either got to run really right. slow or you're just going to lose product. Or you're shut down for that Or you time. shut down. Yeah. You know, so back in the day, people would shut down the entire summer, three, four months. Mm -hmm. Well, now, you know, our, our typical shutdown is two weeks. But we also have 300-ton chillers that help us produce 40-degree water so that we can continue to run distillation. Zero impact on quality. If anything, it helps maintain quality. But at the same time, it allows us to run consistently no matter what time of year it is. However it does impact what we do you know especially in fermentation we have to adjust our set temperatures depending on what time of year it is so if it's a hotter time of year then we need to set the temperature lower to because that natural reaction heats up automatically so we want to set it lower so we don't spike out mm -hmm. and get close to 90 degrees so you're still using that weather app oh yeah yeah we oh we good. check yeah there's no doubt there's no doubt about <laughs> right. it well you guys plus, aren't, it's well, not so robotic no, now that you don't no but what you got to think yeah. about during the winter time right. too because we can run the distillery but can you get grain to it you oh, know if there's snow on the roads can those can the truckers can the farmers get you they know from their farm out, to the yeah. distillery so yeah absolutely you know the winter time can impact us drastically it's a great time to make whiskey during the winter but you know, you get 12, 15, 20 inches of snow on the ground. We're gonna, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard to run. Time for a quick break, everyone, and also time for our reoccurring feature called Name That Distillery, backed by popular demand. And when I say popular, I mean really one person requested it, so we're bringing it back, uh, which doesn't really make it reoccurring yet. But I think you get my point. And I think you'll be excited for this challenge. So close your eyes, sit back, and try to figure out where this is. 
and what part of the distillery this takes place, because that could be a clue. Uh, but we hope you're able to name that distillery. Here we go. You got it right. You know it. Think about it. This is easy. Piece of cake. And of course, the answer is revealed at the end of the show. So without further uh, interruption, we bring you the rest of our interview with Denny Potter. Enjoy, everybody. Right, so you, if you're working hard, say it's winter, or I guess summer as we are now, you know, at the end of the day, what do you like to sit back with? Are you a... Uh, cocktail guy or are you just one of those guys like no no i just want it straight like tell us well what what are some of your drinks yeah i mean well i mean there's no question that that i enjoy it simple neat or on the rocks i mean I, it's easy i don't have to think about it because right. i can tell you right now adam the last thing i am is a mixologist <laughs> so i can make bourbon i can right. make whiskey um my my cocktail knowledge is limited but I can do it. I can, you know, just uh, what I've been making um, the last couple of weeks actually is I've been doing a little bit of Kentucky Mules, been doing some horse necks, you know, playing around. I like the ginger beer, you know, mm-hmm. but I like the bourbon with the ginger beer, whether it's with bitters or, or uh, lime juice. So, uh, you know, something simple. I do like classic cocktails, but I don't like to make them. What I enjoy about an old fashioned, one of my favorite things, like if I'm traveling or speaking to a group, is I like to taste other people's take on an old-fashioned because I've never had two that are the same and you know one it allows them to express you know how they want to make it but two man just the differences and and how people do it but uh, I mean I, I go both ways when it comes to you know in the cocktail and I tell you what you know if I'm in a football game and I'm tailgating for five hours before the game I'm probably going to drink it with ginger ale or something like you know just something so I can cut it and make sure that, that I'm ready to go and can still watch that game at exactly. kickoff time. <laughs> so do you have, uh, are you, you guys have so many brands, you have so many products. Is there, yeah. I mean, I'm not asking you to pick your favorite because people no, ask I get, me that. No, no, I get People all time. ask me all the time, what's my favorite yeah. bourbon? But I mean, is it, do you kind of gravitate more toward, well, I kind of like the higher proof or no, I kind of like more of the high rise. Yeah, I, yeah I mean, it's a good question and, and I do get it. I, I gravitate towards the higher proof, you know. I think that's, um, that's what I usually. I, you know, it's it it, it does depend. Uh, you know, I've been drinking a lot of Larceny lately. Um, you know, because I love Larceny. Larceny is just one of those universal bourbons you can drink it any way you want, no matter who you're with, how you want to serve it. Uh, it's going to be well received. But you know, I, I like a good. You know, the, the McKenna bottled in bond is absolutely fantastic for the price. It's ridiculous. Um, the the Elijah Craig barrel proof is. I I don't know if there's. If I've smelled a better bourbon, I mean the nose on that is absolutely unbelievable. I can't say you should drink a lot of it, especially when it's coming out at 140. (laughs) But uh, those two in general, I definitely like the higher proof. I I prefer that. I wanted to ask you about that Henry McKenna. Have you guys seen? I feel like that's a brand that people may not notice as much. But if you're kind of a bourbon person, I I have to feel like that's. getting more spotlight yeah for well, lack of a better way uh, have you guys seen something in the case sales or something because i feel it's my intuition that that bourbon's picking up it so mckinn is one of those brands that if you're a fan of it and you like it you don't want anybody else well, maybe, about all right it. maybe i should edit this out <laughs> no i mean <laughs> cut it back no it's you know uh it's 
no, I, I love talking about McKenna. It's always one that I talk about. Um, it, you know, it's not one that, that we really need to promote because it self-promotes. It's definitely a jewel within, you know, the, the bourbon community, especially the aficionados. When people ask me and I say McKenna, you can see they light up a little bit. But afterwards, it's one of those, like, don't tell too many people about that. The last thing we want is for this product to go on allocation or I can't right, get it in Illinois. Right. or So um, the McKenna is just one of those that it is funny. I mean, we don't talk about it a lot unless we're unless you get that question. And then when you answer it, you can notice a bunch of people are like, oh, yeah, that's, that is definitely one of my favorites. I feel favorites. like it's one of those bartender friends or something uh, that, yeah, I, I feel like there's kind of this cult thing. It's kind of like your, uh, your mellow corn or whatever. Yeah, it's, got, it, it's, I think it's, it's a got big that cultish. kind of cult, yeah. cult following. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, I think some of it's tied to that, you know, the bottled and bond, just because we do have, I mean, especially if you're looking at the, uh, the mixologist community and the whiskey bar community, I mean, the bottled and bond products have taken on a life of their own. But McKenna really, you know, it kind of, it, it stands alone. I mean, I can tell you when I go into a whiskey bar and, you know, and I'm looking at their list and I order a McKenna, people just, you know, the bartender will kind of look at you like, oh, yeah, I like this guy. You know, he's, he <laughs> he's kind of knows, you know, he, he knows what he's talking Yeah. Uh, and then you tell them where you work and they're like, and I'm like, I'm not biased. Really. Yeah, I just, right, I just right, really right. like it. Right. But, uh, yeah, man, you know, McKenna is definitely a phenomenal product for us. And I just, I love it. It's one of my favorites. Now let me ask you uh, one of my typical questions. You know, we're talking about all these visitors lining up for the Parkers, and so what do visitors mean to y'all? I mean, when those guys walk in your door, you know, what does it mean to you guys as a company or as a brand or just? Uh, I'm just kind of fascinated by that question because I think the visitors kind of they know what they're getting, but what do you guys kind of get out of that? Well, I mean, yeah, you know, just put it simply, what industry can you be in where? people want to come visit you and watch you do your job and take great pleasure in watching you do and your job. And they're in a good mood. And they're in a good mood. Yeah. And when you see when you see people like that, you know, whether you see them in the bottling house or in the distillery or in the visitor center and you see that genuine interest. I mean, where where else do you have that? And so it really makes you feel good about what you do and it really makes you feel like we need to stay on our A game. You know, we don't want to let these people down. I mean, you really feel like there's a responsibility. I mean, if these people are, you know, taking their vacations and going on the bourbon trail and they're stopping at our facilities, I mean, that that's just phenomenal. And, and it's, um, I mean, it's something that I don't think any of us take for granted because when you see them walk through, you kind of perk up a little bit. I mean, you can't help it uh, because here you are working and they want to watch you work. They take great pleasure in the product we produce and which therefore just gives you a lot of pride in what we do and how we do it. So tell, tell us a little bit, because uh, I was just with you at the Hall of Fame ceremony, and you talk about the industry, and I feel like those moments when we kind of collectively come together are, I mean, for me, I can speak for myself saying, you know, I, personally, I love that, that, as you said, you know, we've got competitors, and, you know, and I'm living proof that through my job, the Kentucky Bar Patrol, that kind of cooperation. Right. You know, so what, what, were, what was your take on the Hall of Fame ceremony today, or... Well, it's just kind of the camaraderie in the industry. It's um, it's very it's always humbling. I mean, you know, even though I've been in the industry for eighteen, going on nineteen years, that's it's really yeah, nothing. Baby. It's nothing <laughs> compared <laughs> to these other you know these other people that and and we're all such good friends. You know, on the operations side, we're all good friends. I mean, you know, when we go to the sampler tonight, or even at the you know at the Hall of Fame lunch. If we could all sit at the same table together and just sit there and talk, that's exactly what we would do. 
but when you see you know obviously Jimmy up there and uh, you know people that get these this recognition it just it gives you a lot of pride because they deserve it but at the same time what you know like I said before it it makes you want to do a good job you don't want to let those guys down I mean they have set the bar and it is way way up there and it's our job to you know hopefully carry that torch but you know I look around that room and um, it is it's very humbling and there are a lot of good people a lot of genuine people and you know that's the great thing about the bourbon festival week is you know we're all busy but at least during this week you know when we're working events we we see each other and we get to spend a little time together and there's nothing absolutely nothing better than that but the hall of fame deal is just it's pretty fantastic it's definitely one of my favorite events and what else you guys got on tap for bourbon festival week um, well, you know, the the, uh, the big Heaven Hill event that we'll do is the Bourbon Cigar and Jazz. Which, I need a ticket to that, by the way. Yeah, so uh, I got one. <laughs> nice. I, I swear I do. Nice. My wife can't I'll go. so I'll take it. So I'll, I'll see you tonight. I'll <laughs> yeah, give it to you. Perfect. Uh, marketing, you didn't hear that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we've got that event, which is a lot of fun out at my old Kentucky home. But, we, you know, we try to we try to attend each other's events. Um, obviously, we want to be where... The visitors are where the consumers are where the people that really have the passion for our industry that are coming from out of town and you know it starts with um, the things we've done today and, and really with the all-star sampler tonight and then you know just all the events all week and uh, i'm lucky enough to participate with our with the heaven hill barrel roll team so that's always a big deal we have the barrel roll competition on saturday morning and uh, our people have trained really hard for that uh, we've been very successful in that event we're defending champs um, in all four events this year and, and uh, it's just neat I mean it's just really really neat and even though we're competing with these other distilleries it's uh, still slapping fives when, when somebody rolls a good time and uh, uh, it is just a special week but we got a lot of events lined up as you said you've been in the industry almost 20 years what's the biggest surprise to you you know if you kind of look back over your career thus far is there anything that just jumps out of you as I mean I never would have figured this or... well I mean you know I guess if you're looking at, you know, in my time here over the 18 or 19 years, I think it would be where bourbon is right now. I mean, you know, back in the day, I mean, brown spirit was scotch. I mean, there was no, I mean, we, bourbon was there. It was, you know, in the U.S., it was, it was big. And, but, um, but we were still having two, three-month shutdowns. But it's just, you know, things have just changed significantly because the consumer has really dialed in to bourbon and into, you know, American whiskey in general. You know, so I, I think I think for me, it, it's it's really been the evolution of the consumer going from you got to drink this stuff neat and on the rocks to, did you just make a bloody mary with bourbon? You know, I mean, and and that's in in hell that was probably seven or eight years ago, and now you know all the different cocktails, it's just it's phenomenal. We've introduced people that use a part of the brain that I can't use. It's it's that uh, you know that mixology side where you know people can take all these different ingredients and create these cocktails with bourbon as the base. So that's been a real big change. Uh, I think since I've started, but um, I think the big surprise, or not the surprise, but one of the things you learn early on is that this industry is all about relationships, um, especially on the operations side. I mean, like I stated before, we're all really good friends. Um, we're a family-owned and operated company, and it trickles down from Max Shapiro, our president and CEO. But I mean, we have contracts, you know, operations contracts with, you know, who we buy barrels from or other things that we don't even have a contract. You know, so I call it a contract. It's a verbal and it's a handshake. And that, that still means something. And I think that that's fairly prevalent still in our industry. And that's pretty special, too. That was something that I didn't expect when I got in this industry, but it really still rings true today, 18, 19 years later. Very cool. 
Well, I think we've taken enough of your time here, Denny. I, I mean, thank you for taking us up. Oh, I mean, I, obviously this, this is, is a, fun. <laughs> this never gets old. So. Yeah, I, obviously this is more of a audio uh, format, but the smell here, just the side, it just. We walked in here and I think we both said it never gets old. It doesn't. I mean, I, I always smile, I always crack a smile. It's kind of funny. I don't do it on purpose, but I just can't help it. <laughs> I, I'm, the, I'm the same way. I mean, and you're probably in here. What'd you say? Uh, once a week. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Least. Once or twice a week. It yeah. just depends on what we have going on. Sometimes a lot more than that. Um, but oh yeah, anytime I get in a warehouse, I get in a warehouse. Yeah. Well, and as you can hear, we've got a lot going on. We got tours. We've got buses. We've got trucks. I mean, this is a full working display. But that's why we like filming in the or filming taping in the middle of this uh, of these operations because I think it adds a little spice to what's going on. So, Denny, thanks for the time. We're off to the sampler. We'll probably try to get some more audio there and then plenty of other events. So that's it from Heaven Hill. Thanks. Great. And that does it for this release of The Barrel Report. Hope you enjoyed our conversation with Denny Potter. Hope you've had some time to think about what distillery was that. And of course, the answer is Woodford Reserve right off the bottling line there. I thought those bottles would be a clue for you guys. Want to thank one of our sponsors. They've got a big event coming up with Veterans Day uh, sale, Central Kentucky Tours. You can find more information on their Facebook page or on their website. So check out Bruce and the crew at Central Kentucky Tours. There's more info on our website too, kybourbontrail.com. Keep listening. Keep subscribing. Please tell a friend. Uh, if you've got any ideas for anything else we'd like to cover, just give us a shout at enjoy at kybourbon.com. Appreciate everybody listening. Thanks. Thanks.